Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Twin Cities, it's time for Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, Pete Stagey is with us. He is with B2B Clarity Marketing. Pete, welcome. Thanks, John. It's great to be here. Hey, it's great to have you here. Um, I've been looking forward to this uh, for a lot of reasons, and and uh, we'll get to those in a second. But first of all, uh, give everyone, the, the two or three people that don't know you, give those folks an introduction to you and how you're helping folks at B2B Clarity Marketing. Certainly. So um, as you said, Pete Stegge, B2B Clarity, my focus is is um, B2B businesses, especially smaller ones that don't have a marketing leader, um, I help them make their marketing work. Uh, and it's it's typically, it's not on a specific single project. It's more about figuring out how marketing can and can't help them and then um, creating a plan and, and managing that. So uh, just give us a little background on you and your journey and, and what, what I guess what led you down the your career path to eventually starting your firm, your own firm? Sure. Uh, so I have been a marketer almost my whole career for over 30 years, and it's almost always been B2B companies. Um, I actually started as an engineer. So a lot of the businesses I worked for as a marketer uh, tended to be in technology industries um, but other than that, that some were small, some were huge, some uh, many different industries. Uh, what was common was understanding how how to make marketing work for for that business. Um, so I I did that as I said for thirty years, and then last year I figured out, wow, you know I don't get to do what I'm really good at as often as I'd like, which is, you know, really understanding what is that, you know, how can marketing help versus not help that company. So I decided to, to go off and find those people that I could help and, and focus on that. And it's been just a great ride since then. So in other words, you've been in the trenches, shall we say, uh, for many years, uh, addressing B2B problems or, or marketing problems that B2B businesses have. Why is marketing so hard for B2B businesses? Well, you know, um, marketing is hard for almost every business. But, for you know, from my experience, B2B companies have a particularly hard problem. And that's because, you know, there's so many things you can do to market a company. There's, you know, we all know about all the, the, the Super Bowl ads or all, you know, every possible thing. And especially with, our new internet age and digital marketing, you know, every week you hear of a new buzzword or a new fad, a thing to do with marketing. What that means is marketing uh, B2B leaders, they're, they're just swamped, right? They, there's so many things they could do. They don't know how to pick what they should do. And often uh, it, it, they, they end up in two, one of two bad states. One, uh, I'll call it the random acts of marketing where they're just pulling things that sound interesting to them. Mm. Or uh, maybe there's somebody on the team is excited about it, or it's a big, uh, you know, big trade show that they just love the the opportunity, all those things. 
Uh, and those things aren't tied together. So they end up with all these spinning plates that none of them have an, uh, enough energy around them to have critical mass and none of them work together. The other uh, extreme is they have a consultant come to them with a really exciting kind of, you know, one trick pony that's going to solve magically solve all their problems, you know, this magic bean. And they put all their effort into this one exciting thing. And guess what? That usually doesn't work. And they spend a lot of time and money on it and they're back to the drawing board. So, you know, all those things together, I talk to so many people that are, they're frustrated. They, they feel like they've been burned by marketing, by promises that didn't pay off. And they just don't even know what, what to do next. Let's dig in uh, to some particular verticals that I know you have a particular expertise in, tech, software, manufacturing. Um, are there particular problems that these companies have that are maybe other B2B companies don't quite have as much of? Uh, great question, John. I think one thing that tends to be a problem for these companies versus others is they have an inside out mentality. They are, are used to talking about themselves and their products and the specs and performance of their products. And um, they end up um, missing the mark because their prospects don't want to hear about them. And so they, they're really struggling to get attention and to get leads and to get people uh, interested in, in what they do because they're talking about what they do versus what their customers uh, problem is and how to solve that. That's probably the biggest uh, thing. And the other thing I'd mention is often these companies, they're selling to a team of buyers versus a single person, right? That's really the definition of the difference between B2B and, and consumer, in my opinion, is, uh, you know, I'm not just selling to a consumer, one person. I have to, I have to talk to this team of people that are going to have to agree to buy this, this thing that I'm offering. And that, that's a lot more work and it's more complex and so it's real easy to get yourself wrapped around the axle and make your marketing too complex to match. Um, the, the trick is, how do you keep your marketing simple but still address those different players and and engage them with a story that's about their problem and, and a solution for it versus you know all the different cool things about you? Pete, I want to go back to that me mindset if you will, the inside out mindset that you talked about, that's, that's a big change that you have to walk your clients through. How do you do that? How do you, how do you get them to have, get, get out of their, their, their mindset of, of me, which, which is understandable, right? Because that, that's, that's what they're taught. They're taught to have the answers. Well, the good news, John, is as I said before, the, the people that I can help, they are almost at the end of the rope when it comes to marketing. So they've they're in, they've seen that what they've tried to do hasn't worked. So I've been surprised at how open they are to new ideas. And, and the fact that somebody's not telling them that same thing about buy, you know, make an ad, do this or that, they're saying, wait a minute, let's 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 talk about, let's give it away. Let's talk about helping people. Um Maybe it's because those are the people I can help. And there's plenty of other people that aren't open to that, that I, I don't work with. Uh, but I have found it's really not that hard when you, when you bring them along with the truths that they know it, 
your success is is about your customer's experience and you um, you finding a way to give them a positive experience to solve their problems is the only reason they're going to pay you money. And so how do you do that? Right. And, and how do you communicate that? And yeah, I find it, it actually is a pretty straightforward thing when you, when you point out to them the truth of it. I love it. Pete Steger, Pete Stegy folks. Uh, he is, uh, with B2B clarity. Now, um, Pete, here's the question I've been looking forward to asking, and folks, uh, this is what I was talking about earlier. Uh, one of the things you talk about is right-sizing marketing. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, you know, John, there's no one-size-fits-all solution to marketing, and that's back to that misunderstanding that people have. They see all these things. And they figure they should be doing them too, just like everybody, they, all the press they see and all the advertisements. So they they sign up to do things for marketing, not based on what's right for their customers or what's going to make a difference, but based on, it, it seems like you should do that, right? Checklist marketing. So what right size marketing is starting with your customer's journey and going to school on your customer's journey and figuring, you know, I help, I walk them through this process. What would it look like if you had a, a success where your customer from the first time they met you through all the steps, and I have seven steps of meeting you and deciding to buy from you and committing and using your product for the first time and buying it again. And, you know, three years later, they love you. They're a fan. What does that look like? And we map that out. And then we say, okay, what's it like today? What's the reality? And there's gaps, right? It's not that. And we're able to identify, well, where, where, is the, where are they getting stuck? Where is their friction? Where are they frustrated? And what can we do about that? So marketing, that's marketing. Where marketing can make a difference, you do stuff. And where you can't, you don't. And you don't, um, you end up with a much more targeted and more strategic marketing program. And then the added piece about right-sizing, John, is who are you as a company? If you you have a very limited team, maybe you don't have any marketers on your staff and you don't have a lot of experience with it, you don't want to sign up for the most complex state-of-the-art marketing campaign because you're not equipped to deliver on that. So it's not just what your customer, what you can do with your customer with marketing. It's what you as a company is ready to do with marketing, right? So right-sizing your marketing means doing the things that can make a difference to the level that your budget and your skills allow you to do and measuring everything you do, doing it well, right? So it's doing less and doing it really well. And that's what right-size marketing is. So related question, there are a lot of guidelines that you see out there in terms of how much a business should spend on marketing, how, a certain percentage of revenue or what, whatever. Give us your thoughts on those. Yeah, and those are great. Those benchmarks are really valuable. But it starts with what I said. There's no one size fits all, right? So every business is going to have a different level. So I, when I have this conversation with companies, I start with giving them a, a perspective on what typical is for a company like them. So first to, to share with the, the listeners here, 
roughly 10% of revenue is spent on marketing uh, by companies of all sizes and all takes, right? It And then there's benchmarks for different industries. So tech tends to be higher. Manufacturing tends to be lower. It might be as low as, you know, two and a half percent. And then uh, services business is higher than a product business. And the size of the company matters. So I'd say that the least spend as a percent of revenue is a small company where they know all their customers and they're not really looking to grow. So think like a local, you know, mom and pop firm, they're going to spend probably the, you know, one, two, three percent of their revenue on marketing. So that's a starting place. What I like to do is, well, first of all, I'll, most of the businesses I work with, they don't know what they're spending on marketing as a percent of revenue. So first we figure that out. And then back to what I said about living in your reality. Um, if you're spending 2% on, on, uh, of your revenue on marketing and the, the benchmark for companies like you is 7%, I don't recommend you jump from 2% to 7% because you haven't been there, right? So I like to say, you know, at most in a single year, if you're, if you're open to investing more, double your marketing, but no more in one year. And cause you can manage that much change, but you don't, you know, you don't want to try to take that big jump again, cause you're not there. That's not who you are. Right. Anyway, that I, just to summarize that, I like to use that percent spend as a percentage of revenue as a guideline, because there's so much data on that. And then don't, don't be rigid about that. Then say, where are you coming from? And then how do we, how do we close that gap? How do you judge? This is a, a and I can understand if you, you, if you answer this question by saying it's tough, uh, but uh, to do so, but how do you, you, you can look at a competitor's spend sometimes and see what they're spending as a percent of their revenue uh, sometimes if their information is publicly available, but how do you determine if what they're doing is effective? Um, you know, when you're trying to compare yourself against others in the industry. I think the most important thing, John, even we've set the spending aside for a minute mm-hmm. or even your competitors, rather than at some point you want to know what your competitors are doing, but the most important um, trick for success is to find your special place. What is it that you're going to do that's how what you does is different and special and unique compared to anybody else? If you don't know that and you're trying to, you know, say, oh, I do that too. Or, you know, um, say the same thing that your competitor says, but louder. That's an arms race you will you will never win, especially if you're not the largest um, competitor, right? The better approach is find your place in the sun and 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 it's less important in that case to worry about how much they're spending because the 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 real win would be if you find a way to get the word out about your business for your peeps for one fifth as much as they spend. So you don't have to spend as much as them uh, to win, right? You just need to get your people's attention, and that's that's the best strategy for marketing because then in the end you're getting more for your money um, because you're talking about it in a way or in a place in a, in a you know you know, in a delivery method that she, that you found that was very unique. Dear listener, you just got thousands of dollars of marketing advice for free right there. Ignore the, the competition, focus on what 
as you said, your peeps, in other words, your clients, they're how they look at you, right? I mean, that's, and there's so many people that look at competitors as opposed to their, what their customers are thinking and doing and feeling, right? That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, great words here, Pete. I love it. So let's, let's talk about, and again, we're talking in generalities here, uh, folks and there are a lot, there's uh, you know a lot of different b2b sectors and companies but let's talk about recommendations that you would make top maybe top three recommendations marketing recommendations you would have for b2b ceos uh the first one i would make is uh strategy before tactics so i think you've here heard that in what i said but mm-hmm. but there's so so many companies that jump too soon to let's do a video or let's do an email or let's do our work on our new website. You know, whatever the tactic is, that needs to be the last decision. Because if you first figure out like all those things I said about, if you really know who you're targeting and what marketing can do and can't do at which point in their journey, and then you think about tactics, it becomes almost easy. Because you know you have a job to do with marketing in this place, in this time, for this audience. And there's a lot of tools out there. Now you can pick the one that's just right for that job. So a strategy before tactics is number one. Uh, the second thing uh, that I recommend is that you remember it's not about you. We talked about before, but it's, it's so easy to do. In all your marketing, make it about them, your customer. What you say, how you act how you measure success. And then finally, um, do everything for a reason. So if you have this for tactics plan, to when you decide to do a marketing tactic, you should be able to quantify what's the job I'm paying this tactic to do for my business and how will I measure that it does that. And if, if you can't say why you're doing it, do not spend the money on it because there is, as I said, there are so many things going on in marketing. You can't afford to do things that are just because or because they feel good. Now, I, I think I can hear a few folks asking now, okay, Pete, I do a lot of thought leadership marketing that I don't really understand the return on that marketing blog post, what have you, that establish what we know that helps our clients. So how do I measure the effectiveness of that kind of marketing activity? Yeah. And some of those things, this is the the yin and yang, um, measure everything, but sometimes your measurements are going to be more qualitative than quantitative. Mm. And that is, it is marketing after all, and that is okay. So let's use the example you just said about, about blog posts or thought leadership. I'm a big believer in that, by the way. Um, The way I, one way I like to measure that is um, in awareness and simply in impressions. An impression means, think of a billboard, right? You drive by, there's nothing for you to do. There's nothing to click. You just see it. But if you drive by that billboard every day, and then let's say the next week, that, that vendor sends you an email and you're the right for that person for that customer. You're going to be more likely to talk to that person because you you're they know you know what they do and why they do it and how it helps you, right? So thought leadership 
is a great example. If you are creating value add content, again, you're not selling yourself, you're helping your customer and you're putting it out there. Google will help you. Um, they're going to search for, for help and they're going to click on your, um, your item. Um, they might see it scroll by in their social feed or on Facebook. And what this numbers say is if you find who your target is, your goal could be or should be, you want to get seven impressions from each of your target clients in, in, for them to really know who you are. And there's an example of, of a goal that may seem squishy, but at the end of the day, you can see if you're moving in the right direction and you can see that, am I getting people to see these impressions? And that's one example. But yeah, you need to take the time to figure out a way to measure it. It doesn't have to be always um, you know, a number with a decimal point after it. Gotcha. Folks, we're speaking with Pete Stege, and Pete is with B2B Clarity. Now, Pete, let's before we get into the specific services, let's talk about, I guess, maybe the process you go through with a client um, to, to get at that, get them out of that me mindset and, and get at what their client, their client base and prospect base are thinking. I mean, how, how does that work? I mean, you, you convince a, a company that they need to change that mindset What's next? How do you how do you uh, dig into that? Uh, so I use a framework called the Marketing Blueprint, and it I mentioned before it's based on this customer seven stage customer journey. And what we do is we start with a discovery session, and I get with the the leaders in the business, and I basically ask them a bunch of questions about their customers' experience, who they are what they need, all everything that's necessary for me to map out that, that journey of their customer and their business. And then I, and that typically there's information they share in the meeting, but then they sometimes have to go do some homework and, you know, send me some information that over the next week. But then I, I go through that and come up with a model. And then we have this really valuable strategy session together two weeks later where I share, share with them, what their market looks like. And we, uh, I mean, be some questions we have to, or even decisions they have to make, right. About their direction that, that this, this highlighted. And from there, the, they get the beginning of the help, which is understanding where they are from a marketing perspective and, and the priorities, what marketing can do and can't do. And that I find is the best way to start, uh, you know, unlike often the, the marketing exchange where, somebody will pitch a program or a, you know, a new website. Um, I'm not there yet. Right. That's the tactics We're we're just getting them on the same, getting them the visibility they need to know what can marketing do for their business. What's great about that for me is I can do that with them in a month, 30 days. And it's a very, you know, it's a very finite project. And then what I say to them is let's decide about working together longer term after we do that. Right. Cause then you'll know, what marketing can do for you. And so we do that first often. Some people are ready to jump right in uh, with a fractional CMO, but I'm finding just as often they want to start with this understanding because they just really don't know. Yeah. And I guess if they're uh, at the end of their rope from a marketing perspective, like you described earlier, uh, it makes them more open to change. Uh, 
but for those folks, and there's some stubborn ones out there we know that say, "Hey, we just need a new website," uh, or they they're talking about those tactic tactics. How do you pull them back from that and and get them to have the, that patience to go through that strategy session? You know, one thing, John, I've learned. Maybe it's because I'm a really old guy, but I am happy to say I don't spend hardly any effort at all trying to convince somebody to to think of things uh, a different way. If they feel strongly about that it's a website they need, I can point them to people that'll help them do that. But I found that life's too short and I can really have a positive difference with people that understand that that are on board with this idea, right? So I I share what I'm sharing with you. And if they don't get it, I know I don't spend a bunch of time I don't spend really any time trying to convince them. Wow. I love that. Pete Stegge folks, uh, B2B clarity. Now, Pete, let's, let's talk uh, a little bit about what it's all about, which is sales leads and how B2B businesses get more, should get more sales leads from their marketing effort. John, I've found I've got a three-step suggestion for people with getting leads. It's related to what we've talked about. Um, for me, uh, so again, it starts ahead of the, the campaign, and there, there's three important elements. The first is targeting. Really laser-focused understanding of who exactly you are going to be able to help with this uh, product and these communications to get these leads. So that it, the sharper you can make that, the more effective your lead generation is going to be because it's kind of like what I just said about me. If you find the, your true future fans, you're going to have so much more luck when you tell them about what you do, right? So that's the first step. Now, once you have that target, the other difference from what people are used to is um, getting a lead with a promotion campaign is not a one-step campaign. It's a two-step. It's a two-step dance. The two steps are awareness first, which is having people know who you are and what you do, kind of like the billboard example I used. And then once they know who you are, then you have a promotional opportunity, an interest campaign that's that sh- shares with them what you can do for them and gives them a chance to raise their hand and give you their email or call you or make an appointment, whatever it might, whatever your action is, your lead, the way you define a lead. So often people try to do those two steps as one and they say, oh, we're going to do a LinkedIn campaign and send out a bunch of stuff and wait for those leads to come in. Well, the fact is you probably accomplished the awareness piece because you got, you got people to see you but very few of them are going to be ready to give you their name because you're you're still getting to know them, right? So I think that's the biggest lesson is have an awareness plan and have have goals for that. I mentioned impressions. And then have a different tool or activity that is about sharing your offer and getting them to take a step. You know, what I hear you saying in a nice way, I, in fact, you're not even saying this, because you're so nice, Pete. <laughs> but, but I mean, what I hear is if I'm a B2B company and somebody's coming at me with, you, you know, you need a new website or you need, you know, this or that tactic wise, um, they may not be a good fit for me because they're really focused more on, 
speaking of that me mentality, they're focused more on them, their own services than on what I real, the basis of what I really need. Yeah. You know, one thing I'll add now that you mentioned that this idea of giving it away, I just, I just love it. So again, instead of you, you know, you need a new website, what can you share with them that starts to solve their problem without them paying you anything? That's going to be the most attractive campaign you can possibly do. So is there a, a guide you can send them that gives them some ideas that makes their, their process easier or their life easier? Finding a way to give stuff away is the most um, engaging content and the most likely, paradoxically, to lead to to what you really want than if you try to convince them how great you are or scare them, you know, all those things. Free is a compelling word, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Especially today. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, so let's, let's, uh, I mean, how, how does an engagement with you work, Pete? I mean, if somebody wants to be in touch with you and I can't imagine folks wouldn't want to after hearing this interview, um, kind of what, what are some first steps? I mean, you offer a a consultation, what kind of homework do you need to do on a company before that, that, uh, uh, set down? Uh, how does that work? John, I like to start with just a, a, uh, a meeting, a a call a consult, but I just want, I'd like to start with a conversation to understand their challenges with marketing and see if I can help. And often I can give them some advice right on that call. And so that's my the first valuable thing. And then from there, um, it'll be clear, I think, for them um, to see if I can help them. And there's three ways I typically help clients. One is the marketing blueprint, the 30-day process that I I talked to you, where they help them figure out where they sit and where marketing is with them. Secondly, um, whether or not they do that with me or not, I'm a fractional CMO. And what that basically means is I'm your chief marketing officer part-time, right? You get, you typically it's 20% of my time on a monthly basis and it just an ongoing, as long as that's valuable to you, we do that. And then the third way I help companies is if they're not looking for uh, somebody to take on all that work, but they still want help, advice, then I'll do implementation coaching. And that's especially powerful after the marketing blueprint. And we meet a couple times a month and I provide advice to them. So it's a lower cost for them, but it gives them the ability to ask questions and, you know, make it work as they go along. Wow. This has been great. Pete Stegey. And he is the uh, founder and president of B2B Clarity. Pete, this has been great. And again, I can't imagine uh, that there aren't some folks that hearing upon hearing this interview want to be in touch with you. So let's get to that most important question, which is how they can do that. John, they can reach me at my website. That's probably the easiest thing, which is b2bclaritymarketing.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and that's another real easy way to to reach me. My name's hard to spell like it's hard to pronounce. um, But uh, I'll just, so maybe I'll do that real quick. It's Pete Stegge, S-T-E-E-G-E. Um, so I hope you reach out. I'd really love to, um, I just love to talk to companies that are struggling with marketing and see if I can help them. Pete Stegge, folks. Uh, Pete, this has been a pleasure. Thanks so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed it too, John. Thanks for having me. Thank you. 
Folks, just a a quick reminder, if you are interested in our show archive, probably the best URL to go to is uh, minnesotabusinessradio.com. You can find our complete archive there if you're, um, you know, on your PC or what have you. Of course, you can find the show on all the major podcast apps. Uh, Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio is the search term. Here's my bold ask. Go find the show on your favorite app and uh, podcast app and subscribe. But not just don't just subscribe, please. Give us a five-star review. Yeah, I told you it was a bold ask. And the reason I w- would like for you to do that is not about me. It's not about Business Radio X. It's about our guest. We want folks to find the show so they can potentially use the services of great business leaders like Pete and the other guests that we've had on the show to date and we'll have in the future. So if you could do that for us, we would greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Pete Stagey, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio. 